Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. So today I have Jared here with me to answer some questions and talk about our relationship. And this is something we've wanted to do for a very long time. Um, but as I mentioned in the podcast from last week, the time hasn't really felt right to speak about our relationship and um, yeah, make comments on it. And now, yeah, we feel like we're in a better place to do that. So welcome, Jared. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you beg to come on long enough. <laughs> I'm joking. So um, I wanted to start by getting a little bit of feedback from you, what you thought about the podcast I put out last week called My Relationship with Jared. Yeah, well, I thought it was pretty clear, pretty cohesive about as, as a summary of our relationship. Yeah, I think I, I, I'm happy with what you said for, for the both of us. You agreed with the things that I said? Yeah. Because I was, I was speaking about the challenges. I mean, normally when I'm speaking on the podcast, I'm trying to figure things out. Like I use it as a way of figuring things out because it's still a mystery to me, you know, why we experienced the challenges we did or rather like it just seems like some some people very rarely can step into relationship and it not be as intense as ours has been, um, but then also that I know that ours has been intense from my experience. Has it been intense for you? Yeah, it's the most intense thing I've ever experienced. Yeah, I thought so. Um, but I, I like the saying, you know, life is can only be understood backwards but best lived forwards. Mm. So like hindsight, you know, like when we were in it, it was so filled with charge and emotions and trauma and pain and joy and all the experiences we had and you know you're just kind of wading through it and don't really know or understand what it is about but now here we are looking back for me just like my business and the challenges that it had and you know all the lessons that it brought and the same with our relationship I can see now starting this new journey with you, stepping into parenthood, that they're all such beautiful experiences to be able to easily acclimate to the new challenges that are ahead of us. You know, like I don't think it will be as abrupt the the journey stepping into parenthood as it would have been had we just had this perfect, smooth, easy sailing experience. Yeah, I think that was something that I mentioned on the last podcast as well is that one of the reasons I think we've had such an intense time is because we really did learn a lot. Like we've learned so much personally, um, you know, about the fields of personal development, about relationship, about trauma. So I think like I definitely feel so prepared to go into this next phase um, I've never heard that quote before, but I like I like that quote. And just hearing you talk, it kind of made me think that one of the reasons that it was so intense is because you used the words, we were like, wait, we've been wading through, you know, this experience. And one of the reasons it has been so intense is because it is really challenging when you're in it and you, you just don't have the clarity. Am I doing the right thing? Is this the right step? Mm -hmm. 
am I, you know, I mean, these are the thoughts that were always going through my head. Am I only in this because I'm scared of not being in it? You know, just mm. like all the doubts. And whenever I chat with my friends about relationship, there's the hardest part is the confusion, you know, the hardest part, or there's just this extra layer of challenge that comes from not knowing if you're the one that's messing things up or, you know, like just being confused. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. You know, people say that there is no right answer or there is no wrong answer. You can't make a wrong choice (laughs) or a wrong decision. Like, I, I, you know, while that can be comforting, it would also be really nice if if there was a rule book and someone just said, yep, this is right, that's wrong, this is the way you need to move forward and it was clearly defined. But for the most part, we're caught up in just that confusion Mm. you know that world of confusion where we're just am i doing it right not knowing is probably the hardest part Mm -hmm. i would have to agree with that yeah and i think automatic like as humans we're we are interested in the right answer there is an optimal we do have preferences like there's there's a way to optimize us getting our preferences met there's a way to optimize our you know survival there's you know there is a right answer in many ways um, that we're constantly seeking, but something that I've kind of noticed about you and I recently, um, like during our camping trip is we are very optimization focused, Mm -hmm. like maybe in different areas, like we've, we're very utilitarian. We really want things to be as efficient as possible and as organized as possible. You know, we focus that in, in different places, but so, you know, having that drive to be doing it well, and then me really wanting that to be the case in relationship like i've i've felt that relationship just it just defines me so much like it's just so obvious to me how attached i am to relationship and how much it defines um who i am you know so being in a relationship that was that you know when we're in we were just in so much challenge and so much like kind of like I mentioned in the podcast just being on different paths in different places and not knowing how to make those meet in a practical monogamous way you know living in a house and and trying to make our energies match and not knowing if we're if I'm supposed to make the energies match and Mm -hmm. all of those things I just feel inclined to share another quote that keeps flashing into my mind while you speak. I've seen it today, actually, ironically enough, and it and it, it read, Just remember, you have everything today that you wanted five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love those. It's and so I sat true. with that, and I was mm-hmm. just like, I almost broke down, and I was like, oh, my God, I have everything. Everything. <laughs> I have, a, have an amazing business. I have an amazing family like late woman who has provided me a family i have a great dog a house best friends freedom to fly to broom on a whim and you know just all the things so yeah just while you were speaking that out i was reflecting on how it was so hard and there were all these ideals that we wanted you know there was some clarity of the, the things that we wanted to achieve and have as a relationship and I think we we are very close to what we could have dreamt of mm. back oh, then. Oh yeah, this is everything I've ever dreamt of. I yeah. feel I feel that for sure. Yeah, like oh, kind of like I was saying at the beginning, before we started dating, and when we started dating, I knew what I wanted in a relationship. Mm. This I I knew so clearly, and I 
you know, how driven and um, confident I am and committed. Like I knew this would my, was my destiny and I just didn't realize how long it would take and, and what the process would be to mm. take it. And I think being so young and so overconfident, I actually probably had a really clear idea of what needed to be done that was actually totally wrong. <laughs> wrong as in it made things harder like the steps i was taking was making things hard yeah i think there's also a lot of things that you knew you wanted that were right as well but the means and method that's what i mean the The thing i want like the goal of the relationship was just a harmonious partnership Mm. you know but the means and the methods is what i meant like Yeah. yeah. yeah the means and method were not necessarily something tried and tested because we learnt and built them over time yeah and that was the part it's not like we had to come to an understanding over 10 years of what we wanted in relationship oh, that's quite obvious and i think for most mm. people right most mm. conscious loving people would, would choose a harmonious conscious loving relationship however different backgrounds different different ideas different upbringings different exposure to different teachings the methods are all different and mm-hmm. the ones that work are the ones that are agreed upon and compromised and used mm. together you know we need to play the rules of the game that we create yeah 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 and i think i you know as a very young 20 year old had created <laughs> these rules of this game of you know to try to lead me to basically just be happy in partnership but just not like it was created by a 23 year old yeah do you you th- i think about that i think do you ever think have this thought experiment where you look at a 22 year old now and you go you're a baby. Yeah. It, you know, we're only 33, but like thinking that we tried to create mm. what we have now and thinking that we could do it mm. with the skills that we had back then mm. is, was quite ignorant. Yeah. Right? There's no map. Like the map was created by yeah. someone very, very young, you know, yeah. but I, I was pretty confident in it. And <laughs> um, But yeah, I think a lot more of this we can unpack you know, I wonder what questions people are having about, you know, we're we're talking and we know what, what we're talking about when we speak about the challenges in a relationship. I'm sure people might be um, confused <laughs> about some of those things. So let's go into a couple of questions that came through. Besides the obvious ones like how are babies made and things like that, people can Google. We can do a separate podcast on that. <laughs> um, maybe a video. So... <laughs> um, Okay, the, this one is sweet. What uh, the questions? A lot of questions came through for Jared mostly. What's the most exciting thing about becoming a dad? Hmm. So, the most exciting thing. I kind of. I, I want to start this with a story. <laughs> uh, Classic I, dad. When I yeah. You can start things with a story. <laughs> <laughs> just I just want to set the pre- pretense for how much this means to me. So, when I was away on our camping trip, uh, Melissa, uh, one of the ladies in my life who helped raise me quite intimately through my childhood, quoted a quote back to me that I said to her when I was five. And she said that I looked into her eyes deeply and I connected to her and I said, when I am a father, I am going to be the best father. And it was very, uh, it kind of hit me. I was like, whoa, that's something. I mean, and like How I, old were you? Five. Mm. So I've wanted to be 
it's been something very dear to me obviously something alive in me for a very long time you know and and i've you know been in and out of that experience of wanting to be a parent through my later years and coming more into it as we've grown closer so setting that as the kind of like pretense to me and how, and how important parenting and being a good father is i suppose the most exciting thing is to share and teach and learn with this being that is just so fresh and new and made from you and I and just yeah it's it's kind of hard to put into words really the, so like the having thing. this impact on someone's life or I, I, I think I, I spoke this out the, the same question was asked of me when we were on the same camping trip mm. and the conclusion that I got to actually after I answered mm. when I was by myself doing my own reflection was actually the most exciting thing is to do a good job mm. that is actually good for the world. Mm. You know, it has a, a an impact beyond the child. Everybody wants good for their child and everybody wants the child to have the best chance in life in all facets of his experience but if you if you expand that out what does that really mean and to me that means actually having a a lasting impact on humanity for generations Mm. you know like the ripples moving through the the earth and the universe and humanity so that's probably Mm. the the summary that if you really boil it down to its essence that would be the most exciting thing, and then obviously mixed up with all the joy and laughter and challenges and all the beautiful and the growth things that come and the experience and the richness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful because, like you said, everyone wants the best for their child, you know, and I'm sure that reflects some way back onto them. But yeah, there is so much, so much of what's meaningful for us is the value that we can offer to the world. Mm. So to be able to do that and to be clear about that as an intention is beautiful. Um, what is your biggest fear about stepping into fatherhood? Mm, it's probably the opposite. Not mm. doing a good job. Yeah, quite yeah. Sim- that's that's mm. quite simple. To, yeah. to not to fail. Yeah, yeah. You know, to fail at something. I think as you move along in life, you gain heavier or seemingly heavier responsibilities. Right. You know, you get your first car loan or whatever, and if you if you if you muck that up you get a bad credit rating and Mm. that's seemingly important for a Mm. period of time until you realize when you get a partner and and you muck that up that's more important and then at the moment the most like this is the one thing that i'm sure you can fail at it at it Mm. but right now i don't want to fail Mm. so that's definitely the biggest fear is failure and what failure looks like for me is probably different from somebody else Mm -hmm. but you know failure are are the small things like getting angry mm-hmm. when anger isn't warranted or okay. getting upset or not having the time to explain something clearly when I could have otherwise done a better job or just mm. so I suppose it's not not being on my a game mm. at all times you know, and I know it's somewhat a real unrealistic kind of goal or desire but I think the refuge is in the aspiration for 
always trying, always trying to do your best. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So, yeah, I know it's we're always going to be imperfect and always striving for being better. But yeah, the the fear is to probably not like if if that if that striving goes away, mm. I, I can I can handle making mistakes. Mm -hmm. What I can't handle is giving up. Mm -hmm. So I think that would be the biggest fear because there's been so many times where, with the business or with the mm -hmm. relationship or with the car loan, or you know, you just want to the run away, the mm. fight or flight kicks in numerous times and the option's there mm -hmm. where the option is just it's just not an option well that almost it. helps to mitigate your fear then because your yeah. fear is that you may i mean i'm just going to say back in different words you can say if it's the right thing but like it sounds like your fear is that you might lose somehow it, it is irrational <laughs> like you just described but like that you might lose the motivation or lose the energy and not be willing to be committed mm. because what you said because you you went through a couple of fears and went to a journey and i like where the where you got to but um having this fear that you're you know not doing your best you're not taking up the opportunity you're creating something that is not you know creating this most ultimate value to the world and then like also having a fear that in the little in the day-to-day -day that you might not actually do the right thing but that's that doesn't matter as long as you are committed. Mm, yeah, exactly. So I think fear of failure is a rational fear, and I'm speaking probably for myself and I would go out and say most men, um, mm. especially when it comes to parenting. But, yeah, you, you're right where you can mitigate that fear and the fear is actually rooted in what if I lose the aspiration? Mm -hmm. So, what if you follow a biological desire to just bail? Yeah, at some yeah. point, you which know? is real for you know, Bully. it's been real for me in many other occasions mm -hmm. when the when intensity has gotten to such a point. But up till now, I've always chosen to double down. You know, so I don't mm -hmm. see how it would yeah. change. It's just, I think it's a, a healthy fear just to keep things in check and to keep that motivation and keep the drive. So, and would it be? correct to say something like your this fear of not being committed is actually a fear of losing what we have because if you like that's that's the consequence of not being committed is that you leave and that you miss out on the opportunity of being in relationship say, with me I would, I would say that for sure but i would also say that failing myself Mm. fear of failing myself because okay. I have ideas of who I am and want to be and want to be in the world and all those ideas are in alignment with continuing to show up continuing to strive for better and learning from mistakes to mm. create a more whole and fulfilled experience can you say a tiny bit more? I know you did just then a little bit, but a tiny bit more about what this vision or, or image of this most valuable version of yourself or like this highest version of yourself is that you don't want to fail against, obviously. But like, what what is that? Who is that guy? What does he look like? <laughs> he looks like somebody who is patient mm. and kind. He looks like somebody who has the holds the virtues that I mm. like yeah. or hold, hold, want to hold myself to, which is 
patience, kindness, humility, inspiration, driven, compassionate, you know, the things that I, at this time, understand have a positive influence on those around me, especially a child who's learning from me so intimately. Mm. You know? Yeah. I, get, I mean, I don't know too much about what the term actually means, but something what I would assume um, people are referring to, but the healthy masculine, like w- who role models that when you see a guy and you just think that guy's a boss and you mm. just see the strength. And I think I think if I think about that person, I look through the eyes of humanity. I mm. look through my friend's eyes and my parents' eyes and your parents' eyes. And, and it's like, I'll share a story. When I was with my grandmother when she passed away, I spent uh, almost two weeks with her every day beside her bed and watching the nine uncles and 18 uncles and aunties pass through and the 22 grandchildren. I watched everybody come through and speak. So I had a lot of time to reflect being there, watching the experience of somebody passing away. And I got to hear what everybody said about Mm. my grandmother Mm -hmm. and there were two things that were continuously repeated and it was she never asked for anything from anybody and she gave everything and I just wondered I just did a lot of reflection during that time on what will people say about me when I die Mm -hmm. and that kind of uh, she gave me so many gifts during that that experience but one of the gifts was the insight to see yourself at your deathbed through the eyes of the people that you loved the most and to hear them and what would you want to hear Mm. and then trying to model that Mm -hmm. and and align yourself with those values what did you get all the things i just expressed Yeah. yeah 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 okay so one more question what has been the biggest challenge in your relationship with ava Mm. I was thinking about this often. (laughs) Probably two things that are linked. One is, I feel like when you're you're a single person, you don't have to compromise or change or evaluate the way that you relate intimately because it's not there, right? So... And especially that you're not living with somebody, you're not cohabitating, sharing space. You don't have to learn or understand how somebody else needs you to show up. So you can continue with your own habits, right? Whether it be kicking your shoes off at the front door or not coming home at a certain time or whatever it is, you know, mundane things or more deeper things. Yeah, totally. Um, But one of the big challenges is learning the person that you're with for me, learning the person that you're with. And I think when you really deeply begin to inquire in relationship and and learn about somebody's most intimate parts, the nuances of those things, I think they just keep unfolding. Mm -hmm. So one thing is first having to learn those things and then changing habits and changing who you are and and not compromising but so are you talking about learning the other person's needs yeah and preferences yeah exactly okay so yeah, so yeah, you, yeah. you you're no longer just being who you want to be mm. 
you need to cater to the other person's mm. preferences and needs for them to feel comfortable whether it be things around the house or the way you like to be communicated to or the mm. way you like to make love or the way you like to do anything so i think the two the two challenges are learning all the nuances of those things because there's so many and they evolve like they're not mm -hmm. one single thing they're ever changing especially mm -hmm. with a woman you know it's like they're changing over time mm -hmm. so you might one I'm thing learning might, my own needs yeah one thing might be right mm -hmm. for for one year but then that changes as the woman experiences mm -hmm. her deeper needs and the unfoldment of that so the ever-changing experience of how you need to show up and then also uh the commitment to consistency with mm -hmm. those things you know because doing the dishes once <laughs> is not doing the dishes every single day mm -hmm. building those habits learning those nuances and building the habits mm -hmm. are probably the hardest things yeah and and one more thing is probably the communication piece around that you know actually having to communicate so yeah also the communication piece yeah and honey is in the room so that snoring and rumbling is not our bellies or anything like that so I think you hit the nail on the head of what makes relationship challenging. Like even if you – because you mentioned a couple of domestic things. Like even if you're just trying to – it's why people hate living with people is because one of the challenges is the compromise that needs to be made. So there's actually a compromise. The evolving compromise. Yes. That needs to be made yeah, continuously. On the evolving landscape mm -hmm. of – of you know preferences and things like the compromise of what your minimum dish doing in a week and mine is you know like there's a, there's actually a compromise of preferences that need to be met but then the other thing that you mentioned is the words that you used was like learning someone else's needs and so that's the communication piece you're trying to learn my needs I'm not even aware of what my needs are. I'm on my own very challenging journey of trying to listen and especially in the beginning, develop a vocabulary of what, you know, like this, even just an energetic sensitivity and vocabulary to like, what do I actually need? Especially when the mind is so overactive and the mind will feed you stories about the things you need. I need him to be more like this and this and this and this. And then, you know, you describe a story to your friend and they tell you, oh, they sound like they're that, 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 and that. And then you get the story. Oh yeah, that's what this is. And my needs must be that I need him to be home more or like I need him to be more clean or I need him to, he's not committed or you're talking about the challenge of needing to learn someone else's needs. So I think, yeah, being able to communicate and identify what would actually be in alignment and what's the minimum. You know, we're, we're always talking about minimum effective dose and we love that concept. But like, instead of me trying to get you to do 17 things that may hit the mark and make me feel good, what's the actual minimum thing that I need that is completely going to satisfy me is the most important um, knowledge that I could have and I've only realized that I realized that many many years later that I did, wasn't 
the the needs that I was communicating and pushing for and manipulating our relationship to try to receive weren't even the needs that I most needed to be satisfied. So I think that really highlights a huge challenge. Mm, I feel, I feel, yep, I agree. I feel inspired to share as well another piece that kind of feeds into my prior point, which is that continuously coming back to the resolution for myself and maybe for a lot of men, but definitely for me that my MO would be like, once I've got something, it's done. Mm. That there's like, get to it, <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a challenge and there's a resolution. Mm. We get to that resolution yep. and then we just put it to bed and it's finished. But that's not real. That's not true in relationship, at least not for us, mm-hmm. where it's never finished. And I think once you can, once you can release the idea of you'll actually finish, mm-hmm. you'll actually like resolve that thing and it will never have to be brought up again because it's just a finished concept. Um, that was a massive challenge for me and I still get tripped up on it. I'm like, Dan, didn't we, didn't we figure that out already? <laughs> but then if you can kind of re- release that and, and know that it's just a part of it, it's just a part of it just to continuously go through it and if you can release that it's never actually going to be finished, it, I think it brings a lot more ease mm. to the communication, to the understanding, to the relationship. I think it's twofold. I think it's very good advice for you to be giving to, you know, mostly men as you're a man about releasing this need for it to be really linear and everything is like solutions based Mm -hmm. um, and that you can fix things and that then your woman will be happy. Then you have the right to be pissed off if it comes back up again. I think Mm -hmm. that's an amazing thing to let go of. And then at the same time, because it's, we're speaking to this normal dynamic of, most of the time a woman being upset and a man being thinking that they need to fix it and being asked to fix it or being told that something's wrong and so I think on the other side of the equation the woman actually needs to get better at making these issues more linear that this is actually what's wrong so that it can be fixed. Mm-hmm. So I, you know what I mean? Like it's not just that the man needs to succumb to this woman's nature that things are continuously always going to be brought up. Actually, we should be able to find out we should we we can develop more rationality and discernment because we're the ones with the actual problem and issue. We've got a certain need that's not being met. You're you're not the one complaining. I'm the one complaining this isn't being met. I'm not happy about something. And if what I'm happy, I'm saying, I'm not happy about this and the something that I'm not happy about that you go and work on to fix is in my root issue, then of course it's going to come back up and that's going to be annoying for both of us. So I think there's like two sides to that dynamic as well. So we're going to leave that there for now. Thank you for joining me, sweetheart. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And thank you for listening. If you have any questions or want clarification, you know, we're in our own conversation here. So would love to hear what you think from the outside listening in and what questions you have. So hop into the Facebook group and comment on the post for this episode. We'd love to hear more questions and comments. Lots of love to you and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Functional Spirituality Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe 
by pressing the plus button on iTunes or the following button on Spotify. This is going to ensure that this resource is available and top of mind when you most need it. So please subscribe now.